You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and creator who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Priestley, as always, and this week I wanted to share a roundup of 10 things that I think that you should know before you start living in a van. And some of these things are, you know, logistical, very practical pieces of advice. Some of them are more like mindset related and like expectation management. Um, And it's just 10 things that I think y'all should know before you move into a van. Maybe you're van aspiring or you're van curious. um, Or maybe you like just moved into your van and you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed and uh, kind of struggling with the transition. So that's what I hope this week's episode uh, kind of provides clarity on and provides advice for and gives y'all something to work with moving forward. Before I dive into my 10 things, I want to thank everybody who is here this week, next week, last week, any of the weeks that I've been producing this show. I think this is episode like 82, so we've been doing this for a while, and I could not, would not be doing it without you guys. This is 100% an audience-focused, audience-supported podcast. I do not run ads. I do not have ads. I don't have sponsors except y'all. So every like, subscribe, comment, share, every time any of you guys uh, contributes to my Venmo, my PayPal, or my Patreon, that's what keeps this podcast going. And so I just want to thank everybody for that. And if you get something out of this episode or any of my episodes, please consider Consider liking, subscribing, commenting, sharing, or contributing to my Venmo, PayPal, or Patreon so that I can offset some of the costs that go into producing the show. And without further ado, let's get into the top 10 things that you should know about, think about, consider before you start living in a van. The first thing is that living in a van is still living. It's still life. It's not a permanent vacation. Yes, living in a van is pretty cool. Yes, you can wake up in some absolutely gorgeous spaces that you might not have views from from a stationary house. Yes, the bills for living in a van can be a little bit lower so that you can either have more financial freedom to spend money on fun things or time freedom to spend time on fun things or potentially both. But Living in a van is not a perpetual state of vacation. When you live in a van, you still have to handle boring stuff like insurance and dentist appointments and grocery shopping and just bad days. Especially with its rise in popularity on social media over the last few years, hashtag van life can seem like a never-ending adventure filled with beautiful people, fun places, new experiences, etc., etc., But we don't often show, like, the visits to the mechanic wherein your house and your vehicle are incapacitated for the duration of its time there. We don't often show the maddening research that is required to figure out where to camp or how to find public restrooms or rec centers with showers even. Living in a van might seem really fun and exciting, especially if you're getting a lot of your experience um, and a lot of your aspiration from Instagram, YouTube, and other social media 
And it is really exciting and it is awesome, but don't kid yourself into thinking it's rainbows and unicorns all the time. The first weeks may even be some of the hardest weeks of your entire van lifestyle as you work out your systems and you work out your storage and your preferences and finding things that have broken on your first friggin' road trip. So you should be prepared for the hardships and the annoyances and the frustrations, absolutely. But also, bear in mind that the major difference between an ordeal and an adventure is your mindset about it. So living in a van? still living, not a permanent vacation. The second thing is that simple things will be harder. I've said it before and I will say it again and again and again and again. Van life tends to simplify the complicated parts of life, but it really complicates the simple parts of life. Depending on your rig, you, like me, may not have running water, and you can't just turn on a tap and fill your water bottle, wash your dishes, or like rinse your hands. You probably don't have a water heater. Some rigs do, but most don't. And so if you want hot water for washing your dishes or your hair or your hands or anything else, you have to be mindful of that and heat it on the stove first. Depending on your setup, you may not have electricity at all, and you may need to rely on battery-operated lighting, or you might need to find public places to charge your laptop, your camera, your phone, or your other gadgets. You might need to park in the hot sun in order to use your solar panel to charge your house batteries. Um, and it's not always as like reliable or as easy as like flipping a switch as you walk down the hallway. Depending on your kitchen setup, you may have a tiny, tiny fridge, very small compared to the fridge you're used to in your house, or you might not have a fridge at all. You might have a single burner stove rather than a four burner oven, um, and it's very possible that you could run out of propane in the middle of cooking a meal. I know this for sure because I have done it. You might also not have space to chop and prepare ingredients while also cooking something else at the same time, so you need to rethink about how you order things while you're making a meal. Um, Depending on your specific needs, you might need to stick closer to towns and cities for daily showers or coffee shops with Wi-Fi so you can work or go to appointments or meetings or whatever it is that you need for your lifestyle. Everyone's needs are going to differ, but one thing will stay the same across the board. Things that used to be or things that quote-unquote should be simple will be some kind of complicated once you move into a van. The third thing that you should know before you move into a van is that you do not need to buy the van that everybody else has. Yes, right now, the big white vans are very popular. The Sprinters, the Promasters, the Transits, uh, even the classic like V-Dub, the Volkswagen vans are still uber popular. And there's a reason that a lot of vanners like this particular model of van. The big white vans might have straighter walls than, you know, mine, or some of the older vans might make for easier building. Um, people might believe that newer vans are more reliable. The Volkswagen has a very nostalgic feel for a lot of people. And so there's a lot of reasons that vanners like the traditional vans. But there are also a ton of reasons not to get one of these like quintessential modern or retro rigs. The new ones aren't necessarily more reliable than an older rig. Just because they're new doesn't mean that they won't have as many or even more problems than like the old Ford van for sale down the street for half the price. New vans 
may have more complicated problems because they have more like modern and complicated systems and computers and that sort of thing. And so depending on what part of the country you're in, if you're driving through Podunk, when your van breaks down, the local mechanic might not actually be able to help you fix it. And you might have to pay for a very expensive tow a few hours away to the closest city with a dealership. That's something to consider. Uh, the classic VW vans are adorable, but they too have their issues. Issues with size and layout, issues with reliability and availability of like parts or mechanics who are willing and able to work on them. And in addition, these popular vans, just because they're popular, might be more expensive than some of the less popular vans. And you know, some of these less expensive vans might be as good or better a rig, and that kind of negates the cost prohibitiveness of some of the popular stuff. So don't buy the vans that everybody else has just because everybody else has them. Find a van that will suit your actual needs and give that one a try. Maybe you don't need a high roof. Maybe you do need an inexpensive rig. Maybe you aren't picky about color or whether the outside has dings and dents on it. Hey baby girl. Just because something is popular does not mean that it's right, it doesn't mean that it's the best, and it doesn't mean that it's what you have to have in order to participate in the lifestyle. The fourth thing that you should know before living in a van is that you can't just park anywhere. Cities do not owe you parking. Neighborhoods do not owe you parking. Businesses do not owe you parking. The best thing that you can do when you're looking for parking in a new town is to pay attention and be respectful. Notice the signs that dictate parking time zones or limits and the signs about street sweeping, snow plowing, trash pickup, etc. Some cities even have height restrictions for certain blocks and a lot of places have permit only parking rules for the residents there. When you do find a good safe place to park for the night, show up late do your whole sleep thing, be quiet, don't spread out your patio on the sidewalk, keep things nice and clean, and leave early in the morning. On the worst end of the parking in cities spectrum, you are freaking somebody out by existing in their space. You don't want to do that. And on the other end of the spectrum, you're annoying the locals, and they will start voting to install laws around vanning in a particular city, and then you are ruining it for yourself and for the rest of us. If you're going to park in a city, be respectful of the current situation and the future potential as well. Be polite, be tidy, be quiet, and be gone before you wear out your welcome. Public lands, too, have rules and guidelines about where and when and for how long you can park, be aware and respectful of these rules as well about how to recreate responsibly, clean up after yourself and after others if necessary. Be quiet. Don't light fires if there are fire bans and really truly consider how much you quote unquote need a fire even if there isn't a ban. Fires are pretty awful and the western states are burning up every year. Parking can be one of the most challenging parts of van life entirely. Um, and if you have a plan in place and you learn your systems and your preferences and you're always respectful of those around you, uh, you're going to be better off. You are not entitled to a space pretty much anywhere. So don't act like it. 
The fifth thing that you should know before you move into a van is that you need far, far less than you think you do. And this is a good thing to keep in mind during the shopping and the building phase, as well as during the downsizing and moving in phase. For the shopping and building phase, one of my biggest pieces of advice for people currently building out a van or thinking about building out a van is to spend some time in the van before you build a single thing in it. Take it out on a weekend trip or two when it's completely empty. Bring your sleeping pad and bag. Bring a folding table, a few gallons of water, a cooler, maybe a little chair, tiny stove, whatever. Keep it super simple and basic for a trip or two to see how you actually like the space and want to use the space and how it works for your individual needs. Then as you start figuring things out, build it in increments, modular increments if possible, stuff that's easy to change or alter or fix. And just keep it simple. There are a million van build templates and guides and blueprints available online. And I'm sure that if you're this far in your van journey, you've already scoured the internet looking for the best build and layout and design. But honestly, like the best design and layout for you is going to be the one that works best for you and not necessarily the best for Instagram. Figure out what you absolutely need by living in the van for a few days at a time first and then go from there. Chances are you won't actually need at least half the stuff that you thought you would. And the same is true when it comes to the whole downsizing and moving in phase. Start with nothing. Start with the bare essentials and add to them as you need to. You're going to find that often you need far fewer clothes than you thought you were going to need. You're going to need fewer cooking utensils, fewer pairs of shoes, fewer tools in general, fewer just-in-case items. Your space is going to be really very quite small, and you don't want to pack every inch of it with shit. Not only is that going to feel really stifling and cluttered, it's also going to be a bitch to unpack and repack when you need that one special item that you tucked away in the perfect, most efficient, and inconvenient spot. So you definitely need less than you think. Keep your van super simple, keep it basic, and add on as you need to rather than starting with everything and then having to pare down. The sixth thing that you need to know about before you live in a van is that there is no quote-unquote right way to van life. Again, the popularity of van life has been rising over recent years, and that means that there is a lot of content around how to van life online. This can be a really good thing. It can be educational. It can be inspiring. It can be fun. It can be really encouraging, but it can also be really limiting. If all you're seeing when you research van life is beautiful couples in exotic places with brand new vans and subway tiles and hardwood floors and magazine quality design, and like no mention of working to pay the bills, you might be discouraged when your actual van reality does not match up to that image. One thing that I've tried to share big time with the show and with anything that I create for the internet um, is just how vastly different alternative living can look, whether you're vanning or otherwise. There's not a single right way to do things. You can sell your home and everything you own, save up a shit ton of money, and then travel until the money runs out, and then find a job wherever you land. You can work seasonal gigs for a few months at a time, save up, travel until the money runs out, and find a new opportunity. You can try and pivot your salaried, benefited, cubicled position to a remote status, and then you can travel and work 
five days a week from coffee shops, libraries, breweries, or your van. You can travel alone. You can travel with a partner. You can travel with friends. You can travel with family. You could live in a tent or a Subaru or a van or an RV or bop around to different Airbnbs. You can do whatever you want. There is no one right way to van life. There's no requirement on appearance or income or lifestyle or location or even hobbies. Like, you don't have to do it full-time even or long-term to be a quote-unquote real vanner. And I, I really hate that kind of gatekeeping, and I see it online sometimes. Like, oh, they're not a real vanner because they're only weekenders. Like, they're weekenders in a van. They're vanners. You do you, and you figure out the best way for your life to be, and don't listen to anybody else. Thing number seven that you should know before living in a van is that van life is not free. Some folks decide to leave their sticks and bricks lives behind because of the continually rising costs of living and the not rising minimum wage. The cost of living in so much of the United States, at least, is becoming very unsustainable. And especially in small towns and tourist towns, rental opportunities in particular are becoming severely limited due to the rise of short-term rentals and out-of-town owners. And so van life can seem like a really good alternative, low cost of living, more freedom of location, etc. But living in a van is not free. Living in a van can, within reason, cost as much or as little as you want it to, but it's not free. <laughs> Depending on your lifestyle, you're still going to have to find a way to earn some kind of money for gas, insurance, and groceries at the basics, the basic levels. If you wanna travel and see the country that you live in, it's gonna cost more money in gas. If you want to go to national parks or museums or local favorite restaurants, it's going to cost more money in entrance fees or restaurant bills. If your van breaks down, it's going to cost money to get the parts or to get somebody to fix it for you. If you want to stay in campgrounds that have hookups and showers, maybe laundry, etc., you're going to have to pay for those too. And yeah, vans can absolutely be cheaper than stationary living, but they aren't always. And so even if it is cheaper, it's still not going to be free and you're still going to have to find a way to earn some kind of money on the road. As I said before, there's a million ways you can do this. You can save up a ton of money before you go. You can plan to live on the savings. You can work for a few months, get some money, travel for a few months, work for a few months, get some money, travel for a few months. You can create or find a remote job. Who knows? Options are endless, especially with the whole pandemic thing happening. There's so many more opportunities for people to work remotely. And that's great. But vanning is not free. It does cost money. The eighth thing that you need to know before living in a van is that some people are going to love you just because you live in a van, and some people will not just because you live in a van. Anyone who has ever vanned for even a single day has had someone make a joke about living in a van down by the river. And sometimes these jokes are well-intentioned, sometimes they aren't. Sometimes your friends and your family, the people that know you, will be supportive and encouraging and helpful and excited for your journey, or they might be skeptical, reserved, and maybe even, like, angry that you chose to try this out. Some strangers might come up to you in a parking lot excitedly, like, asking you about your rig and your lifestyle and wanting to know more about it, and some strangers might call the actual cops because you are, quote-unquote, acting suspicious 
just by being there. Yes, van life is a very popular way to live right now. Yes, it has a lot more glamour associated with it right now than it ever used to, but there is a, a big old stigma out there still about vanners being freeloading, entitled druggies who don't want to work and who just want to surf or chase powder all day long without working at all. It's a weird dichotomy and like a weird thing to try and navigate when someone comes up to me at a gas station asking if I live in there. I don't know what their intentions are. I don't know if they're mad at Vanners as a whole for like ruining their favorite beach spot or if they love the idea if their daughter is like doing it on the other side of the country right now or you know maybe they traveled in a van in their 20s decades ago. I don't know and living in a van can be very polarizing sometimes. Not everyone is gonna like you. Some people will. The van has that effect on others. Thing number nine that you should know before you move into a van is that you need to have a bathroom plan. My bathroom situation has evolved over the years, but before I moved into the van, I had to create a bathroom plan that I wasn't necessarily expecting to have to create. I was going to a part of the country where walking out into the wilderness and digging a cat hole was not going to be an option like I thought it was going to. I hadn't previously considered what I would do for solids in the van if I had to be self-contained. Uh, my idea was that I would either be in places that had public restrooms or where I could go into the woods and find a ladies room myself. But then that wasn't the case. I went to the desert in Arizona. The ground there is like concrete. You can't dig into it anyway. And even if you could, you shouldn't because they don't get enough water to really like break down and biodegrade all the stuff. So I had to figure it out. And I'm really glad that I did, that I had to figure it out and that I did figure it out before it became an emergency in the moment. Of course, sometimes, maybe often, you will have a public restroom around you or you'll be able to go outside and dig a hole that is at least six inches deep and cover up your waist while packing out your toilet paper, but there will definitely be times when you have to deal with your shit in the van. And so you have to have a plan for this. Plans range from having a composting toilet built into your rig or maybe a cassette toilet that slides under something or a bucket and a bag system or like a folding chair and a bag system or maybe just a bag system. You do whatever makes the most sense for you, your rig, your lifestyle, but you better figure it out before it becomes an emergency that you are not prepared for. The 10th and final thing that you need to know before you move into a van is that you can do it. The last thing that I really want to reiterate to you is that you can do it. If you want to live in a van for any period of time, short, long, vacations, weekends, whatever, doesn't matter, you can do it. You are fully capable of making this dream a reality. You are fully capable of figuring out the hard parts and enjoying the easy parts. You are fully capable of learning new things about cars, building a home, finding parking, navigating a tiny living space. You don't have to have a partner doing it with you. You don't have to know anything about cars. You don't have to know anything about power tools. It doesn't matter. Stop making excuses for yourself. If this is something that you want to do, you can do this. You have totally got this. And so those are my top 10 things that you should know if you want to live in a van. There are a ton of nuances and depends-ons and options and all of that stuff. And I could definitely talk about the details of van life all damn day, every damn day. But I'm trying to keep these podcasts from being like hours and hours and hours long. 
So if you want to have a one-on-one conversation about your van dreams or your specific situation, your needs, your questions, you can schedule a mini coaching session with me and we can talk about your specific situation. I'll give you some one-on-one attention. I'll give you all the knowledge that I have on the subject along with, you know, a few questions for you to consider as you move forward. There will be a link to that in the show notes below. You got this. Jump in. The road is fine. We would love to see you out there somewhere. And again, thank you to everybody who has shown up for this week, last week, next week, any of the weeks. And I hope that you like, subscribe, comment, share, and help offset some of the costs that go into producing the show, Venmo, PayPal, or Patreon. And I hope you guys tune in next week for another excellent episode. Bye! We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website at www.